0: This podcast is brought to you by Platform Equinix. Platform Equinix provides government agencies with the global ability to digitally transform by deploying new command and control capabilities through private interconnection to mission partners, network, cloud, and other digital service providers. Learn more about Platform Equinix at www.equinix.com LP government hyphen solutions. Hello from sunny San Diego. I'm Ross John Fortuny, Managing Editor of GovCIO Media and Research, recording from FCOS 2024, where officials are discussing the future of defense and national security technology. Joining me now is Jane Rathbun, CIO of the United States Navy. Welcome. Thank you, Ross. As Grace Hopper once said, humans are allergic to change. So the pace of change right now is basically faster than ever. So how do you manage and implement a culture of change in OCIO?
1: Sure, uh, so uh, I love that quote. Um, and at the end of it is uh, I'm not afraid, basically, that she's not afraid. And so uh, I'm in a field, uh, IT, uh, cyber, that uh, you know, feel that we, are, we, the Department of Defense, have been pretty far behind others in some areas, in some areas not, we're, we're discovering. Uh, and uh, really need to figure out how to do right by the warfighter. Our our mantra is uh, securely move data from anywhere to anywhere. How do we make that real? Uh, and that requires us to rethink our IT infrastructure and how we deliver that uh, as a capability, a core capability of the department, a strategic asset of the department, and that's change. Uh, traditionally, IT is that thing you do with cleanup dollars uh, and that you do at the end of the year if you've got extra money. Uh, now it has to be really strategically thought about, architected, so that we can deliver that capability to the warfighter. Um, I uh, have a lot of great, smart, innovative thinking people that I work with and that work for me. And uh, really, they are the drivers of change and ideas that would really bring the Navy up to the 21st century and make us a leader in the delivery of capability. Uh, we have some examples where we've done that already with our Zero Trust Platform FlankSpeed. Uh, and, uh, and that makes me leading change pretty easily to talk about it and to motivate people that they're, they we could do something else. We could do something innovative. We could, you know, leapfrog as the Eastern European countries did, uh, with the, with the, um, Berlin Wall coming down with cellular. They did not bother to put up phone lines. They just want strict cellular. We have opportunities where we can do those same things. And so, um, talking about change, throwing ideas out there that, are not traditional uh thinking and and then getting leaders are getting folks at all levels to embrace that and and drive it i mean that is that's been the recipe thus far uh, a lot of good ideas a lot of folks see the problems and want to help make make uh, a difference and make change happen
0: well can you talk about that a little because i know there have been some panels here at fcos about talent management and training and recruitment and all those kinds of things how are you seeing that in your office and, and throughout the navy more generally
1: what I'm seeing mostly, uh, well, first of all, we've got a lot of people who have come wanted to come work for us, so wanted to come work for PEO Digital, which is our execution arm for our portfolio, uh, because they see the kinds of things we're trying to do, uh, be innovative. Uh, we have workforce challenges from the standpoint of people trying to recruit our folks away because they're really good. And so that's a nice problem to have in one way. It's not a nice problem to have in the other way when you really want to keep those folks on, um, make sure that they're happy, make sure that they are, they're doing what they want to do and they're and they're driving the change that they see is necessary. But in the cyberspace in general, we have a lot of competition with industry uh, and uh, and pay parity is one issue. Um, we have found people that have come back out of industry into, into the department back because they liked being that close to the mission and really having influence over how we drive that mission. So a challenge, I would say yes, but also... Uh, we, we look at it from a recruiting perspective as, hey, there's an opportunity for you here to make a, for you to make really a big difference in how we deliver this capability to the warfighter.
0: Yeah. Mission, uh, it seems to be a, a real through line through a lot of and yeah. particularly when it comes to workforce issues. Uh, for sure. For sure. Um, something I heard in a panel today, actually, is government is behind the private sector, which is something you hear sometimes uh, in this world. So you got to work with partnerships. There's a lot of uh, acquisition and, and all these moving parts. How does that factor in to the ways that you change with the changing threats and the changing technology and the changing landscape?
1: So, uh, good, great question. I'm like, we consider industry as a strategic partner in where we're headed, where we are. Um, we would not be where we're at if we hadn't had a strategic on par- um, flank speed, a strategic partnership with Microsoft in particular. Um, they would not be where they're at if we hadn't pushed them to and dr- driven them in some areas. Um, That was a perfect storm for us. We had our cyber community, our acquisition community, our resourcing community, our requirements community, all working tightly together and working with industry. And instead of um, just throwing over the transom, go do this for us. No, come in, let's do it together. Government owned, government operated, contract supported was the way we went with like speed, allowed us to go really fast. I would say that there are definitely areas where we are uh, behind industry in many respects. Uh, DevSecOps and and the software modernization area would be one area where we are making strides, but uh, we have not really cracked the code on that, how do you build that uh, information ecosystem that allows us to move rapidly in the delivery of software and capability algorithms, data, uh, to the edge. And so um, that's an area where, again, we are partnering with industry. Tell us how you've architected your ecosystem to be able to be agile and and deliver more quickly. Uh, And uh, easier said than done in the Navy because we are such a stovepipe organization and there are centers of excellence all over the place, but not necessarily connected and thinking holistically about IT as a strategic asset that everyone leverages, regardless of what mission area you're working in.
0: Cloud as a platform, something, again, hearing a lot about here. It's critical right now for pretty much everything, readiness, data, acquisition, all those things. How do you optimize that for the Navy?
1: Well, first of all, we got to use it. Uh, use it on a mass scale. Uh, secondly, we have to architect it in a way that is easily commanded controlled and authorized. Uh, and, and thirdly, we have to um, really build out uh, the architecture that talks about where cloud uh, can exponentially increase our um, throughput and our ability to get things to the tactical edge. Uh, We've got lots of programs that are are putting their applications in the cloud. We haven't talked about the con ops or the end-to-end architecture that is cloud-based. Yesterday, we had our IT West discussion. It was on data maneuverability. What is data maneuverability? Part of it is what's the ecosystem that enables data to move? Uh, and one of the comments from one of the presenters was, we have this digital divide. We know cloud is out there. How can we leverage it in all of our mission use cases where cloud can be at the tactical edge, where we're not on sovereign soil? Uh, that is a policy issue for us that we need to correct. And so how do we design uh, cloud ops, cloud cloud capabilities, and then build in the cloud? What are our standards and guardrails that let us get there and have ultimate maneuverability are the things that we have to tackle uh, and and again that's an area where we need to partner with industry and partner with other organizations that have had to go through the same transformation uh, we did not we were not born digital if you talk to a company that was created in uh, with digital fabric on Amazon for example you name the company Apple uh, not Apple wasn't really actually born that way but they they evolved quickly um, really how do we make cloud a core piece of our fabric uh, our core Piece of our operation, our core piece of our resiliency strategy. Uh, That is that is where we're headed. That is where we are working towards, and uh, I'm very excited about the the opportunity.
0: You talked about data maneuverability, Mm -hmm. something that I think we've all seen is, and we all will continue to see is that question of protecting systems versus access, monitoring access. How, How do you get people in and monitor and make sure that they're not that they're supposed to be there and all those kinds of things. How do you protect that in such an environment that is so dynamic?
1: So that's where zero trust and and living the zero trust principles comes into play, where uh, really the, you know, the pillars are focused on knowing who your user is, uh, knowing what device that user is on and where that device sits in the environment and knowing uh, a lot about your data more than we know today. And so how do we, and that was the other part of the conversation yesterday on data maneuverability. How do we make data um, the central, uh, central to the conversation? How do we manage it? How do we tag it? How do we, how do we uh, curate it? How do we provide access to it? What does attribute based access control look like in a zero trust model? And I think, and we have been directed. By 2027, by the DoD CIO to get to Zero Trust, uh, we are going to take a a strategic um, best business value approach to getting there. We're going to implement identity. We have a naval identity service. That's part of being able to protect your data, knowing who's allowed to access it. Uh, We're going to focus on end user device and management. We're going to focus on building the cyber C2 tools that allow us uh, to... Command and control our environments, our cloud environments, and our on prem environments. And we're going to, we are going to drive uh, an initiative, fo- focus initiative in our information security vision 2.0 on, on optimizing for data uh, and, and building that tagging capability and that those data, zero trust data framework capabilities that are necessary to really do data level security and management.
0: I'm going a little off the board here to ask. The pain points in these journeys, do you find that they are common throughout the services and throughout even the offices within uh, the Navy that you work with?
1: I I think they're very common throughout the services. Uh, I think that they're also very common out in industry. Like a lot of people just have not thought about data as the centerpiece. That data is the product that comes out of the system that you're building and you got to do something with it now, uh, now. I will say, born digital companies, that is their bread and butter, so that they have figured out how to master data and manage data and really uh, transform their organizations with data-driven transformation, like understanding their data, understanding patterns, building those patterns, and then making process and policy and technology changes uh, based on that information. That That is the future state that we need to get to, where data is allowing us to, um, make uh, really informed decisions, not just on professional military judgment. That's good. We're always going to have that. But professional military judgment coupled with the power of data gets us to uh, decision advantage uh, that could potentially be how we win wars.
0: I can't let you go without talking about artificial intelligence, machine learning, just because it is all we're going to talk about this year and probably <laughs> next year. Are you factoring in AI to to, to- Deal with all this data that you're you're processing, especially considering how fast it's it's changing.
1: Yeah, I, I think we can't ignore it for sure. I think I uh, you know the big you know the big elephant in the room this year the, the transformational technology of the decade is is large language modeling, uh, AI capabilities that we have never had before. Um, what I I went to the Gartner uh, Symposium this year, and that was core focus, right? The f- very first presentation was on AI and what that could mean. I do think that AI will be a really powerful teaming tool for our organization. Uh, I think we will start with things that are less threatening, that don't put our sailors and soldiers, excuse me, our sailors and Marines' lives at danger. Things back office, you know, automating, data tagging. Can we use AI, not necessarily generative? Uh, Generative AI for that, but uh, can we use these tools uh, to help automate things and and speed up our transformation uh, from a data perspective? Um, What the large language modeling and, and Generative AI means to me is a rethinking of our architecture and how we manage security classification. Today, the risk and consequence of data equals network. So if I have a high risk of consequence of losing data, I put it on a top secret network or I put it on a secret fabric. If I want to provide decision-ready data to a warfighter, that warfighter has to take data from the top secret network, from the intel community, from the secret network, from the unclassified network, put it together and do the fusion themselves. In a future state, I want that fusion to be done and that where they are getting multiple options or they have a trained AI, trained model that's infusing real-time data from their sensors and giving real insights to the commander on the ridge uh, uh, real-time, because we've done the work to train that model at the edge to consume new data, not just give them a bunch of data and let them make sense of it. And so AI plays a a big role in that, generative AI plays a big role in that, How do I create that ecosystem that lets me mingle all the different classifications of data into a single environment and then spit out security classification on the other side? It's tagged, I know it's provenance, I know how sensitive it is, but I can let it live with other data. Do that deep learning, spit out models, spit out that might not even have to be classified in the future because I've hidden and masked uh, the, the real sensitive data. But we have to change our thought process and start thinking not about networks equal security classification, and that's a big. When I say that to people, they're like, "Oh, yeah, you're right. We have to think about that." But that is a giant uh, culture shift for us uh, in the Department of Defense and in the intel community to think how we might do that.
0: Yeah, the the ways access control again, access control, and and those because people people think of it very very differently. to, To even say, like you said. Yeah, that makes sense. Actually, doing it
1: well, the intel community doesn't think there's a problem. They do everything in one, one network, right? So they, they all, all their data is there. They can do all these things. But the warfighter doesn't fight on that network. The warfighter fights in a secret environment. And what do? How do we? If, if that's the chosen environment, how do we make that as robust as possible? One with the commercial tooling that we have available to us in IL, in the lower levels. We don't have that tooling in IL six. We either have to get it there or figure out how to protect secret data in an IL-5 environment through attribute based access control, through zero-trust principles. It's possible. We're running a few pilots uh, to demonstrate that. Um, but it's also, it scares the classifiers. <laughs> so there's, again, probably not in my lifetime when we get there, but if we don't start talking about it and that change, you know, how do you get the ball rolling to get change happen? Well, you talk about it a lot. That came into the Department of Navy five years ago, we weren't talking about enterprise services on an enterprise scale. Now everyone's talking about enterprise services. The Navy's blueprint talks about it. The Marine Corps' blueprint talks about it. How do we evolve to get uh, to enterprise services? Again, treating that IT from ecosystem, IT and cyber ecosystem, as as a strategic asset that delivers capabilities to acquirers and to uh, sailors and Marines at the edge.
0: Right. The edge stuff I know certainly... And I know. We've gone over time, but uh, you know, we've just. I know Potomac Officers' Club was talking about this last week, and I we yeah. was talking about with yeah. some diss of people last week at an event we had in the, the edge, getting everything to in those environments easier said than done. Again,
1: yeah, but I think the proliferated low Earth orbit commercial satcom industry mm-hmm. is is uh, go is is a game changer. We're already experimenting with these capabilities and moving uh, things to the edge in increasing the bandwidth that ships have seen i uh, uh P-Leo lets us think differently about the problem set allows us also to think uh about our resiliency and our redundancy uh in it in, in and having resiliency and redundancy uh, as uh really kind of again in the last 3 years really allowed us to again rethink the conops of enterprise or excuse me of it and cyber uh from the flat pool. Uh, to the foxhole, as the Marines would say, or actually they say it the other way, from the foxhole to the flagpole. But it's a continuum now. It's not I'm going to do one thing on the tactical side and one thing on the enterprise side. There are enterprise capabilities that we believe we can take to the tactical edge.
0: Oh, that's That's fascinating and exciting. And again, I thank you so much for being with
1: us. Thank you so much for having me.
0: GovCast, along with HealthCast and CyberCast, is a production of GovCIO Media and Research. To explore our content, visit our website, govciomedia.com. Keep an eye out for new episodes every Tuesday. And if you like what you heard, leave us a review on the podcast platform of your choice. Have a topic you want us to discuss? Contact us at newsletter at govcio.com.